Hey y'all, hey, it's Saved and Sassy, my name's Cassie, and welcome to my podcast. Child, chunny, honey, y'all, I have been so tired, I have been so tired, I have just been running and running, and I finally got some rest this week, and now I just don't feel like getting out of my bed or doing anything, but... Thanks to some good friends who I told to run up on me because I didn't publish a podcast. (laughs) I'm here. So I was going to say, let's get ready to work. But I'm going to say, let's get ready to talk. Because today we're going to do um, something I want to call a dump it episode. Because we're just going to talk about a lot of things. Because a lot of things have just been happening in the past week and a half. And I want to talk to you about it. So you're going to get some inspirational. You're going to get some personal. But either way, you're going to enjoy it because we have us a good old time. Do we not sassinets? Okay. Oh, I don't know if I like that. Sassinets sounds like we're getting ready to kill people. Mm, no, that's not what Jesus called us here. To do. Oh, we, we demon slayers. But no, I don't think we're going to go with that. Um, we'll figure out something. <laughs> we'll figure out. All right, let's go. Okay, first things first, I am exhausted. I had a very, very full week. Last Wednesday, I left my hometown to go out to Maryland to visit a couple of friends and attend a spiritual retreat. I'm a part of a group called um, Queens for Christ. You can find us on Facebook and on Instagram um, under Q4C or Queens for Christ, and we had our annual retreat where we get to um, discuss certain things. Um, This year's theme was created to worship, so we just really focused on worship. And when I tell you, this probably was my favorite retreat, not only because um, there was 19 of us total, but we are all came together with a mindset of being free and the thing I love about it is that it's an intimate setting nobody forces you to do anything but we just make you commit to doing the work and child chunny honey Jesus moved y'all he moved it wasn't so much of laying on of hands it was a personal thing um a personal encounter like a one-on-one with him so I think what I'm gonna talk about first um, because this is what's going to be the topic of the episode. Well, y'all know I had, I owe y'all like five episodes. So we're just going to put it on the dump it. But the first episode was going to be called Release It. So I say that because as we grow in Christ, um, we encounter different types of events, hurts, situations, circumstances. And we often think that we're healed. And we're not. I've learned over the years that I tend to sweep traumatic events under the rug and I don't realize how traumatized I am or have been or I don't realize how hurt I am until something else happens and I'm just like, ooh, Jesus, that hurt. Or I feel myself getting triggered. I I don't like to be triggered. I don't like to feel like I don't have control over my emotions. So the topic is really set. So I had went up to the mountain. We go up to Deep Creek every year um, around this time. And we just 
go up to the mountains, kind of like a mountaintop experience. If you read the Bible, you know about Mount, uh, Moses going up to the mountain to meet Jesus. Oh, well, not Jesus, sorry. He went up there to meet God um, and just really have a one-on-one encounter with him. So I went up to the mountain. I went with a couple of things in hand. I knew that I needed some deliverance. Well, I mean, everybody needs deliverance, but I knew that there were some certain areas in my life that I knew were hindering me. And if you ever struggle with the spirit of abandonment, or rejection then you know that it's very much a hindrance in your walk with Christ not even just with him being Abba Father but also with you being able to reach your full potential of greatness in Christ because if you always feel rejected or abandoned it you won't be able to advance because anytime you feel like somebody's getting ahead of you you feel like oh they're not accepting me or when you know the bible says that his own received him not so when people start to reject you you start to feel like oh my god i'm not worthy and all these extra things that start like falling into line with not your vision and then you start to become discouraged and all these things so i was just like god I'm not playing with this thing. I need deliverance because I need to progress in life. Because the thing is, is that I've always been told that I have great potential. And it's amazing to hear people talk about how great you are. But sometimes it gets a little discouraging when you feel like you're not matching that potential. There's nothing worse than seeing somebody feel potential, but they don't believe in themselves. And I refuse to be that girl for this year. 2019 was my year of freedom. Absolutely not. So I went up to the mountaintop. And we went into prayer. And um, if there's one thing I can do, I know I can pray. Bottom line, you need somebody to touch and agree with you in prayer? Call Cassie Molassi. I got you, sis. I got you. Um, But I learned that um, sometimes you just got to see God for you. Okay? So it's easy for you to intercede for everybody else. But can you intercede for yourself? So I was on a mountaintop. And we began to worship and sing songs of praise. And I just went into my prayer. And, you know, I just got into, you know, the weepy tears and stuff. But God had really um, spoke to me. And I had asked him, like, you know, God, why am I still struggling with this? And God said, you have to release it. So, of course, I was like, duh. (laughs) Like, God, I know I got to release it. That's why I'm here. But God had just begun to really... um, with me how he does it with me is he begins to take my mind on like these mental memory journeys so like it was like i was in a time warp of something so how god is with you is how he deals with you but i'm telling you how he deals with me and i had to really address the fact that i had blamed my mom a lot for my childhood issues but i never addressed the fact that my dad although he was there he chose not to be an active parent so that's a sense of abandonment that i never really um I never address like honestly and truly I am a full-grown 28 year old woman and I never until maybe the last two months um okay maybe I'll give myself a little more credit maybe the last year really had to admit the fact that my dad abandoned me and he was I can't blame my mom because I always say my mom was a single mom by choice and to a certain extent she was she was just like that foolishness that you're dealing with I'm not gonna have my kids be a part of I'd rather be a single mom so I mean to a certain extent she did but I never address the fact that my dad took that and was like I cool bet you got it so that took a lot of healing but spiritually how that transferred over to me was I wasn't allowing God to be Abba father I was allowing him to be like my natural father which is my provider so whenever I needed money my dad was there whenever I needed like um you know if somebody was bothering me if I needed you know mainly advice as far as like beating people up like my dad was there so like I'm good for being like God will fight my battles God is my provider you know stuff like that however when he wanted to be Abba Abba father I wouldn't allow him in that space and it kept me in a sense um bound no other word. 
I was bound. And um, I began to ask God for deliverance in my prayer. And he was explaining to me how I was able to open up these doors for this spirit to keep coming back and forth into my life because I enjoyed the thought of being abandoned and rejected because it gave me a right in my mind to be rebellious. It gave me a right to say, oh, well, I'm X, Y, and Z because I didn't have a dad in my life or I can do what I want to do because I never had a father in my life. So I don't have to submit to rules because I don't know what that looks like. Any man that came into my life, I can submit in the, uh, I'm sorry, I can submit in the aspect of you want me to cook, you want me to clean. Although I can't really say that because for a certain for a certain guy, I was like, I'm not doing that because I'm not your wife. <laughs> I'm so dirty. I'm sorry. But back on topic, um, you know, submit as far as like cooking, cleaning, you know, doing that stuff, putting them before me. But as far as submitting that mouth <laughs> or submitting that pride or submitting my right to be right, that was not going to be a thing in my life. You know what I mean? And God really had to show me how some things we ask for deliverance from. He number one doesn't give it to us right away. Um, and he has to show us why, because if God just showed you how how much of a wreck you were at one time, you'd be overwhelmed. But like he showed me how I clung to the identity of being rejected and abandoned because it gave me an excuse to stay where I was at. And I had to get up off of that floor in a, on the heart of repentance. Now, the thing about deliverance is you have to come out of agreement with these things that you have spoken over your life. So I had to come out of agreement and repent. Like, Father God, I repent for coming into agreement with this spirit of abandonment, for allowing this thing to overtake me in the sense of it was a part of my personality. I was rough and abrasive and... um didn't worry too much about um, consequences because my favorite line was always, well, still is, I'm, um, deliverance is a process, <laughs> is um, like, who gonna check me, boo? Who gonna fight me? Who gonna do it? And I always lived on kind of like this reckless um, lifestyle as far as uh, relationships and um, um, conversation um, and backlash, honestly, because it really was like, who's gonna check me? Because my father was never there to reel it back in. So even when my spiritual father, who's been in my life since I was 13, would try to reel me back in with constructive criticism, I would buck up against it. I would be rebellious. If I felt like he was trying to put restraints on me, I would be rebellious. I couldn't take it. Even in relationships, and to be honest, that's how I ended up in a very unholy, toxic relationship because I couldn't stand feeling like I was being put in a cage. I couldn't stand and it wasn't a cage it was just order and I didn't want to be put in order because I was like I'm a lion and nobody tames a lion and at some point in your life you have to want to be tamed nobody wants this wild child running around saying and doing whatever they want and calling themselves holy and righteous it doesn't work it doesn't work because God gives us order that's why he gave it to us he made everything in order do all things in decency and in order. So the first part of this is talking about release it. You have to release those things that you think make you who you are. If we were born in sin and shaped in iniquity, everything that you think that you are is not of you, especially if it's contrary to the word of God. If you are full of fear and the Bible clearly says, I have not given you the spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind, then that means that you are bound by the fear of anxiety. I mean by the fear, by the spirit of anxiety or the spirit of fear. And you become a part of that. 
and it becomes a part of you and now you cling on to it. So now you're socially awkward because you're fearful of talking to people. And now you get anxiety when it's time for you to speak before a group of people. But, but God has already called you out to become a leader. You know what I mean? So you have to be able to release things. I was holding on to a, um, a betrayal and a friendship. And I kept telling my friends because I was concerned. Because the thing is, I went up there with a bunch of issues. I had become very hardened in my heart. And I was really nervous because I know when I'm not being myself. And it's one thing that I will say that you learn in your walk with Christ is to know who you are and how you react, especially when you're striving to be righteous and holy, especially when you're striving to please God. God will show you the areas of your heart because your prayer should often be, God, show me who I am so that I can be submitted unto you or, you know, show me these things. You know, we say things like consuming fire, consume those parts of me that are not like you, God. If there's anything not like you, take it out. Like these are prayers that we pray, but when it comes to do the work, do you want to do the work? So I had went up to that mountain with a hardened heart and I was like, God, you need to do something. Give me a heart of flesh because I'm very calloused and cold. I was making um, very superficial friendships. And if you know me, you know that that's a red flag because I love people and I love relationships and I love being involved in people's lives and the aspect of helping them get themselves together as far as Christ is concerned, not becoming their God, but helping them see through the good and the bad that this life is worth living. You know what I mean? And I had just become really hard and callous. And it was because of a friendship betrayal that I had endured years ago. And I kept holding on to it. And I was like, God, I got to let this go. Because anytime anybody did something that reminded me of it, I would be triggered. Triggered to the point where I would shut down. Like, and I'm not even that type of girl. I wasn't making friends with people. They're new to the ministry. I wasn't reaching out. I used to do potlucks like once every three months. I wasn't doing potlucks. I wasn't calling people. I wasn't having game night. I wasn't doing my daily devotional text messages that I do to my um my home team. Like I was like, I'm good. Okay. I said I was gonna say the N-word. These folks, <laughs> these folks right here, they can have it, God, because they're not about to kill me. And um I had went up to the mountain with that in my heart, right? So I'm like, God, I need you to gut this out because I need to be free because I want to be who I am. Like, I'm a joyous, happy, bubbly person. That's who I enjoy being. I don't want to be angry. I don't want to feel like I'm restrained. So God was just kind of, you know, I felt like he was touching everything else except that one area. Now, the first night, the uh, Pastor Lissette, she's my fave. I call her Mrs. Frizzle. Um, she came and she prayed for me and she talked about the, um, you know, the hardness of heart. So God began to do the work. But child, that betrayal kept coming up. And I knew it was the work of the enemy because to be honest, I'm not even angry. <laughs> so why is this even welling up? Child, we started singing songs. Now I'm a worship leader. So you know, once you start, you, you can sing a song a million and two times until it becomes real to you. You ain't really saying that thing. And we kept singing, I'm a friend of God. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. Right? So we singing it over and over and over and over and over and over. Because, you know, once it hit the room and God started to move, you really don't move from a song. And God had me tune into the words. And I was like, he calls me friend. He calls me friend. God calls me a friend. Do you know how trifling I've been to God? Do you know how stubborn and rebellious intentionally and unintentionally? How many times you told me to open up my mouth and I said no? How many times you told me to love and give and I was like, God, I can't do it. Sorry. 
how many times I've sang words to him, making vows to him. God, whatever you say to say, I'll say it. Wherever you say to go, I'll go. Am I behind it? But he still calls me a friend. How many times I idolized having wanting a marriage? How many times I idolized, um, you know, a prophecy waiting to come forth? How many times I idolized my friends? How many times I idolized the fact that I wanted to have children? Like, how many times I put that before him and yet and still through all my muck and mire, through all the disappointing factors that I would cancel myself out for? God still calls me a friend. And if he can call me a friend and I know how trifling I am, how in the world can I not restore friendships with people who have betrayed me? How, how in the world am I so haughty and so full of myself and my own hurt and pain that I can extend the same grace that God gives me every waking moment of the day? How about every thought that I think? Because he says to control your thoughts, bring every thought into submission. And my behind will just go on a tangent of thoughts and then be like, oh, God, forgive me, forgive me. Knowing good and well I was in the wrong and I can't extend grace. I said, not me. And in that moment, that that's how quick deliverance can be. You don't have to. There are some things that I won't lie. I've seen a lot of spitting. I've seen a lot of throwing up. I've seen, I had not seen those spirits talk. But I've heard of spirit speaking, but I'm telling you, there are some things that God can do in an instant. And in that moment, I was I was delivered because I chose to extend grace and I chose to give love because I remembered myself. The Bible says to consider yourself. So when you're struggling with things, you can't get over a betrayal. You can't get over how dirty and um, disgusting you might have been to somebody. Or you can't forgive yourself because sometimes we put shame and condemnation on ourselves for things. There are plenty of things in my closet that only Jesus Christ himself will know that I've done. That I've cried about that still torment me or that mm, I bind that. That used to torment me. And in that moment, when I realized that I... And still God's friend, all that shame and condemnation fell off of me. Because if you can still call me a friend and you know the things that I won't even admit to myself, then who am I? Who am I that you are so mindful of me that you hear me when I call? The name of the Lord is a strong tower that the righteous run into and they are safe. God is your safe place. So whatever it is, release it. The things that you know and the things that you don't know. And let me tell you this last testimony on this part or this segment, because I guess I will just keep going. <laughs> um, I have had um, some things happen to me as a child. I've dealt with some things um, in my life. Um, I don't call myself special and I don't want to like make it seem like it's small. But the fact is I'm a survivor, whatever. Um, and I had already been through a whole work of remote as far as deliverance towards that, as far as getting my mindset and forgiving the people who did me dirty as a child. But the other night I was praying 
I was I was watching something on Netflix and I began to be triggered. Now, if you have the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will well up in you and he'll either tell you to shut something off or he'll tell you like it's time to pray. So I was like, I was nervous because I was like, God, I'm triggered and I don't know what's going on because to be honest, the scene had nothing to do with why I was triggered. So I was like, okay, God. So I, I, I was like, do you not want me to watch it? But that wasn't the type of like um, unction that I had. Like you can't watch this. It was kind of like an unction of you need to pray. So I shut down the a Netflix show and I began to go into prayer because I'm like, okay, God, I'm triggered. My body's responding. I don't know what's up. And God, again, took me on this memory journey. And he began to bring me to that time when I was seven and eight. And the things that I came into alignment with without even realizing it. And I had to forgive that person for exposing me to the things that they exposed me to at that age. And forgive them for the doors that it opened up in my life. Let me tell you something about the grace of God. Hallelujah. When I think about all the ways I could have, should have been in. (laughs) Could have, should have, would have. All the doors that have been opened in my life. And yet his grace covered me to be able to sit before you as a 28 year old and still say that I'm a virgin. That's a testimony in itself. Because the doors of perversion that were open in my life. And God was able to shield me from most if not all his love is everlasting but i'm sorry i got caught up oh god i thank you i thank you but yes i had to go back into those childhood areas in my life and i had to repent and i had to forgive because i wanted to be free see i can't covet somebody else's marriage or somebody else's relationship when i don't want to deal with me does that make sense i can't treat Marriage as like this idolization, not realizing that it's actually two people coming together. I have issues and they have issues, but I want to be whole. And if I didn't address this issue in my life, if I didn't forgive, if I didn't do what I need to do to close these open doors in my life, then what type of wife would I be? Because the thing is, is these things don't go away. And I'm not going to ruin a good man because I didn't want to do the work. Does that make sense? So... My encouragement to you is to release it, release it, come out of agreement with some of the things that you've done, come out of agreement with some of the things that have been spoken over your life. You can come out of agreement with it. I am no longer abandoned. I am no longer rejected. Why? Because first of all, God is my father and he accepts me (laughs) before I was born in the womb. He knew me. He accepted me before I accepted him. (laughs) Come out of agreement. You don't have to line yourself up with the negative reel that's been playing in your mind. Get into the word of God and get into his worship. That's why it's so important to not just pray, but to know God's word so that you know, number one, what his voice sounds like. Because God responds with his word. And number two, so you know what he thinks about you. So that when these things rise up. And they try to hold you down. When shame and condemnation try to come upon you, you can say, there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. There is none. I don't have to be ashamed. Conviction and shame, two different things, honey. Okay? You should always be happy when you feel convicted because that means that the Holy Spirit is at work and God is continuing to prune you. But condemnation that makes you want to hide from God, anything that makes you want to throw on those same fig leaves that Adam and Eve had to do, you know it's sin. You know it's not from him. 
Religion says, my dad might be mad, let me hide. Relationship says, dad, I messed up, help me. But when you don't have a dad in your life, you don't know what that looks like. So I'm telling you to release it. Release it. Release it and be free and be made whole in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I pray for every single person that is listening to this segment of the podcast that you be free. I speak freedom over your life in the name of Jesus. Those dark hidden areas that you don't want to touch, allow the Holy Spirit to expose them to your heart so that you can be free. I speak freedom over you. You don't have to be bound. You can walk this life and be carefree. You can walk this life and be free from oppression. You don't have to be bound. You don't have to be bound. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Part two is coming up. Just click on the next podcast and I hope to see you there. Bye.